0: Schedule changes affect what you do with your lineups. Which young NFC quarterback makes for a sneaky week, week 15 start? And what can you expect from Van Jefferson this Tuesday night? Plus, the seventeenth-place regular season team owner in the 2021 FFPC main event, James Owen, joins us to talk about waiting on tight end, why he went so heavy on Austin Eckler, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high stakes fantasy football hours. I can't now. stand the pressure. I've seen greater men
1: than the lesson. make our right there in the dresser so we
0: Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here's Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott.
1: All no, I hear it's just white noise when we're speaking. the voices in my ear I hear them singing. Thank you, Rob,
0: and thank you to the Quiet Hollers. Remember to check out their music at quiethollers.com or anywhere you get music. Greetings and salutations, all you bulkaholics and Ferrellix. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. And Farrell, stop me if I'm wrong, but, you know, we usually have two screen experiences going on when we're doing the show. I'm guessing Mm -hmm. you're watching that FCS game on right now with James Madison, am I right? No, I am watching, and, and
1: that would be a good game to watch, but I'm watching Kansas City and uh, the Chargers play uh, because I know there's a field goal in there somewhere. I, I know I missed <laughs> one that, that should have been taken, that might have been taken. I'm auditing the game, Balky, to see if I can come up with any different results. But, you know, uh, I, I love a little bit of that James Madison uh, football, i got to tell you.
0: Yeah, and they're I'm, I forget who they're taking I just saw it earlier when I was when I was flipping through um before the show started, but I believe it is the FCS um uh D- Division 1 championship, right? That's North Dakota State and James yes, Madison. Yes, they are playing That's for all the marbles.
1: They're They're playing the defending champion North Dakota State. The other two teams involved are South Dakota State and Montana. Well, Mat- Got Montana it. State. Yeah, so that's uh yeah, we're down to the Final Four, and their championship is played in Frisco, Texas, early in January. January 8th, maybe 5th. Check your local listings for actions of the
0: game. Yeah. <laughs> we have um, Mary Harden Baylor all over uh, North Central in the Amos Alonzo Stag Bowl going on right now. So D3 will mm-hmm. crown a new champion tonight. We're going to be crowning uh, some some big-time champions in fantasy football in just a few weeks and we're going to help you do it here on tonight's show Uh, we're going to talk about a certain nfc west running game situation not the 49ers Uh, we're going to discuss evan engram's viability as a start this week and then james owen will drop by to talk about how he's trying to manage his 17th place regular season ffpc main event squad into a $500,000 grand prize payday shout out to the chat room right now you can post any questions you have for uh, myself for Farrell or for James in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, the show is at HSFF hour. I am at Eric Balkman. And of course, hook up with the Kentucky fantasy football state championship at KFFSC.com. Facebook.com slash HSFF hour is where to chime in with us there. And if you want to give us a call, please do 426 3682. That's three, four, seven game. Oba. high fantasy football at gmail.com is the email address. So get those questions in. Uh, now, uh, we'll try to get to all of them coming up in the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show, thanks to our audio engineer and my best friend, Bryce, our producer and mutual friend, Rob, as well. I want to remind you that uh, registration is open uh, for the uh, 2022 um, FFPC main event, 2022 uh, Football Guys uh, Players Championship, as well as all the high-stakes leagues, the ancillary leagues live at Planet Hollywood uh, in 2022. Those are all live at MyFFPC.com as well as both the playoff challenge, the world-famous PC playoff challenge, half-million-dollar grand prize and a $1.3 million prize pool, just $200 to enter that. And if you want to um, get maybe more teams for, for the price of $200 or maybe $200 is a little bit above where you want to spend, $35 gets you in the Football Guys playoff challenge for a $100,000 grand prize. That's a half-million-dollar prize pool deadline for both of those. A uh, kickoff on the opening game of Wildcard Weekend, which is Saturday, January 15th, at 4.35 p.m. Eastern Time. com slash podcast. We have Steve Lowinger on there this week. Steve, um, in 2015, finished sixth place in the FFPC Main Event regular season. He's in 18th place uh, this year, and uh, we talked with him uh, a little bit about uh, how he, what he's doing differently this year, why he only plays one high-stakes team. Uh, in both the main event as well as the Football Guys Players Championship, and a ton of start-sit questions he is facing this week. That's all at rotaviz.com slash podcast. Get into uh, the Fantasy Flash, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I said we weren't going to talk about the Niners running game. We are actually going to touch on it a little bit here, and and I think it's kind of an open-and-shut case, uh, given the the injury news we got today um, out of uh, the uh, West Coast. Uh, Elijah Mitchell is uh, officially out for Week 15 against Atlanta. He's dealing with a concussion and a knee injury. Um, And uh, Kyle Shanahan actually said he's not optimistic that he's going to be back next week against the Titans. Last week against the Bengals, Jeff Wilson got 13 carries. Debo Samuel is getting carries as well. And I guess it's pretty simple, Farrell. You have the Niners going up against the Falcons. You're starting Debo Samuel. And Jeff Wilson, to me, makes a nice little flex option as well.
1: Bucky, I don't know. We, we've we talked about this so often. I've, I've waxed and waned on uh, Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson's not scoring the ball, and he's not catching the ball, and that's really important if you want to win the FFPC. As a bi-week flex, uh, He there could have been worse, and you, you were hoping for that touchdown, but 50 yards, no catches, and no scores is not going to help you very much. And you say, okay, this is the Atlanta Falcons. This is where Jeff Wilson gets rich. You know, Jeff, uh, Atlanta Falcons in the last three games, uh, rush defense, they've held uh, average under a hundred yards They're They're on the upper third of the defensive units against the rush. And they played some teams that can run the ball. So I think they're getting, uh, they're, they're coming of age a little bit. Those rookies that they took in the draft in, in 2020 are now deep into their second year and they're playing like it. The linebacker Walker picked the ball and took it to the house, uh, against carolina so so no i'm i'm saying that uh, almost anyone but jeff unless you are uh, covid compromised
0: let's uh let's bring this up here farrell um and this is coming from uh, hudson kern reeve in the chat room right now oh, that's right. uh he brings up michael carter is he a viable flex this week and i guess let's pose it this way if you had to pick between jeff wilson and michael carter in your championship round flex who would who would you rather try it out there wilson against the falcons or michael carter in miami
1: well i'm a huge carter fan and um, so yeah i would evaluate that situation that i, w- I would want to go with carter because he plays in every aspect of the offense uh an offense that uh is questionable at quarterback uh, just from an experience factor whereas uh uh, in the situation with, with Jeff Wilson, you've got a quarterback that knows how to take use of uh, all his assets, most Samuel and the uh, the tight end kettle being big, big, fast contributors. So, yeah, if I'm sure that Carter's going to play and that he's healthy and that uh, there's no lingering effects to the issues he's had, which I believe that's the word we're getting, then Carter's my guy in that situation.
0: I'm with you on that, my friend. Uh, I'm, pl- I'm totally playing Carter over Wilson if I, if I have the opportunity to. Um, the other thing that Hudson asked us to bring up was the big news of the day in the NFL. Uh, the, if you saw the FFPC email that went out earlier this afternoon, uh, the league announced that uh, the game between the Raiders and Browns, which was supposed to be played this Saturday, has been moved to Monday. And then the Sunday games between Washington and Philadelphia – as well as Seattle and the Rams, have been moved to Tuesday. So you're going to get a Tuesday night. It's not a doubleheader because uh, they're both the, the, the Washington football team and the Eagles and the Seahawks and Rams are going to be playing concurrently at the same time, 7 o'clock wow. Eastern time, Tuesday night. You will get a doubleheader on Monday night. That's Raiders-Browns at 5 o'clock. Um, followed by the Vikings and Bears, the normally scheduled Monday night games. So Hudson wants to know if if this is going to impact FFPC players, if at all. And I'll say this, and this is the disclaimer I kind of put in the email. As of right now, the FFPC is going to include these games in week 15. However, if, if the outbreak continues or if there's another outbreak, there's always a chance that the NFL could move these games out of week 15 and into another week or maybe have a bonus week. I'm not really sure how they would do it. But um, right now, I would, if I was in, and I, and I posted this in there, you should really be doing everything you can. And, and I know it's, it's not fair to you and it's not fair to anyone. It's just, it is what it is. It's fantasy football this year and last year. You got to try to prepare for every possible scenario the best you can. Um, I've looked at it um, and, and because rosters have already locked in the football guys, players championship in the main event, there's not much you can do there. But if you are playing in other leagues Um, like uh, some of the ancillary leagues the FFPC has or the KFFSC has, you have options there to to try to make sure that that you don't have to take a zero at any position, be it defense, kicker, quarterback, tight end, or anything, or or a flex, you know, or anything like that. You have to prepare for all possible scenarios. Now, I don't believe that any of these games will be pushed out of the week 15 timeframe. I'm also not Nostradamus. I can't tell the future. I don't know what's going to happen here. And I guess the best possible advice is how is it going to affect you? Be prepared you know, the old Boy Scouts motto, you know, everything that you can, do everything in your power to make sure that you're going to be able to field just a starting lineup, um, no matter what the scenario is. I don't know if you have any better advice than that. I'd sure love to hear it if you do.
1: I think that's exactly what players have done. Uh, here in Kentucky, two kickers and two defenses, as you get ready for your playoff run, and it's interesting. We never thought, well, you know, my my defense might not be available. Well, you know, maybe not. And, And, you know, um, we're in a situation now where the commissioner's uh, world of, of fantasy football. It it, uh, it comes on us to make those decisions, and they're difficult decisions. But early on in the year, uh, made the decision to open up all our ancillary teams uh, for 17 week free agency, and I'm glad I did. I flirted with the idea of moving to a 22 man uh, roster, and uh, perhaps if we could have. Uh, uh, as you say, you're not Nostradamus, but Baucke. You sound like him. The, uh, you know, we could move. Uh, we, we we could move into a situation, uh, perhaps, uh, that we might have expanded rosters to 22 players. But there's really no way to do that. And so, you know, yes, study, understand, know who's healthy, know who's compromised, know who may be compromised, and hope that you have 10 quality starters standing. Uh, when Sunday rolls around. And I think uh, most most people that worry a lot about this are worried about things that, that they'll be able to uh, manage and overcome. So I think it's going to be a great three weeks of fantasy football. And, you know, we we thought this could come. And, and, you know, it's I don't like the circumstances that have provided it, but I absolutely love the fact that I get an extra day to watch television, uh, televised NFL football. So it's great.
0: I think Adam Krautwurst pointed this out on on Twitter, a guy who's been on this show before and the lowdown before, uh, obviously plays FFPC and Kentucky, uh, and he said week 15, opening week of the championship round, we get football on Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. So it's a Mm five-day week um, for – or a five-day week 15 for us. Uh, You know, we're playing in the championship round. Certainly going to be exciting. And we'll look forward to that. And by the way, um, and I'll make a, a disclaimer at the end of the program, too, to, to make sure you get your lineup set uh, early, since we do still have um, one Saturday football game tomorrow, and that's uh, New England and Indianapolis that kick off at 8.20 p.m. So make sure that you get your lineup, uh, your starting lineup submitted before that. Okay, uh, Farrell, uh, good news out of Chicago. It seemed like everybody who was not dealing with a COVID-related uh, illness It was back to practice for the Bears today. And that includes Cole Komet and David Montgomery. I think you can fire those guys up uh, now that Mm -hmm. you know that they're going to be active. You know, David Montgomery, too, 84% of the snaps he played in last week. So he is definitely getting a lot of of the uh, backfield share, uh, even dealing with uh, Damian Damian Williams and and Khalil Herbert. Um, What do you make of this? And we'll actually get into this a little later on in the show, but I do want to touch on it now as, as long as we have a couple of minutes here. Uh, Mark Craig, who covers the Vikings for the Minneapolis Star Tribune, says that Adam Thielen could be a game-time decision against Chicago. Now, game-time decision is interesting because they play on Monday night. For me, Farrell, and, and feel free to disagree with me, I don't think I can wait on a dude who has not practiced all week um, that, that I, I'm going to have to wait till Monday night for, even with the extra, extra day. Thielen, for me, at this point, is probably going to be on my bench. And I don't think I have him in a a lot of spots, but I don't feel good about starting him with so much on the line.
1: No, you can't take a zero and gamble on a position at this point in time in any of the the league formats. And Thielen's a wonderful player when he's healthy, but everything's pointing that he's not, and everything's pointing that he's not going to return. Uh, So there's better options there. And, you know, perhaps... um, some of the Thielen owners had dipped in uh, to some of the young uh, receiving talent that was coming out of Minnesota, especially one player that we may talk a little bit about later. So,
0: yeah, I,
1: I, uh, I'm with you, Bucky. I'm not going to wait until Monday night for him. Unless you yeah, have it's not Tuesday players, then you can. <laughs> unless <laughs> you have now that players.
0: there. The rare that situation
1: is A point. Tuesday players.
0: Um, good point there for sure since we have four teams in action in Tuesday as of right now Uh, last question I want to get to before we get to um, uh, James Owen here uh, ladies and gentlemen Rich Bisaccia Bisaccia, who covers or who uh, um, coaches the uh, Las Vegas Raiders said that Foster Moreau should be good to go against the Browns on Monday Um, they don't have to release their final injury report since they're not playing on Saturday anymore he was limited in practice all week Farrell um, I'm desperate for – I, I was shocked at how many Higby-Hawkinson teams I have uh, after this past mm. week. Um, and it was so bad, too, because Hunter Henry and Dallas Scott, it, it was a mess. Um, but Foster Moreau I do have in a couple of spots. You like his uh, chances to put up a good score against the Cleveland Browns on on, uh, on Monday afternoon? I
1: like everything about Foster Moreau, except the way he he and his Raider teammates have played over the last few games. If, you, if your team's going to be beaten – uh forty eight to nine or what whatever that score was out of Kansas City, uh the you're not gonna contribute very much and, and that's Moreau's situation. He has the talent to be the pass catcher in this offense with Waller on the bench. So you probably don't have a better choice. And if you don't you should be uh you should look back several weeks ago to when uh Waller uh missed his first contest and Moreau came in and delivered a 20-point fantasy game. He has that potential. He could do it again. And most other tight ends that you would plug and play do not have that 20-point potential.
0: Well, a guy that we always love to plug and play uh, on this show to get his advice, we're going to bring him in right now. He won four of six FFPC main, league, uh, main event league point titles this year in playoffs. He also went 6-for-15 in the Football Guys Players Championship in 2021. He won his NFFC Silver Bullet League, as well as four of the 12 RotoWire Online Championship Leagues as well. He's also in the top 100 after 14 weeks of action in the Circa Millions competition over in Las Vegas. He's in 17th place overall in the 2021 FFPC Main Event, hoping for even finishing higher in the championship round. Please welcome onto the show, the one the only James Owen. James, thanks so much for doing the show tonight, man. Welcome aboard.
2: Oh, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Quite an introduction. Thank you. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, it's it's what, you got a lot of accomplishments, it's true. Here, man. It's 2021 is, is true, shaping, it's, it's shaping up well for you, you know. It's uh you got the Circa Million stuff that you got going on, which is really good to be in the top 100 there uh, in mid-December. Obviously, success over in the NFFC, heavy success in the FFPC and FPC this year. 17th in the main event heading into the championship round. We want to pick your brain on that. Can you tell us what you're doing for a living when you're not enjoying all this high-stakes fantasy football success?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I spend, I've been working for a uh, contract manufacturer building out uh, PPA circuit Boards for a bunch of different uh, OEMs, uh, multinational companies. So uh, it's nice to get away from that and uh, play in the uh, FFPC and and uh, other offerings tied to the NFL.
1: Good job, James. You know, um, all season long when we were preparing to draft, and, and did you draft live at the FFPC or did you draft online?
2: No, I, I didn't have the chance to go live uh, with COVID lingering. I have a, I have a two-year-old, so I, I, I'd rather I
1: play it safe. So
2: I did either I did online dress.
1: Very good. Well, I look forward to someday meeting you in one of those live dresses. It, it's a very good player. I, I think when you come into contact live with, with so many good players, uh, it can it can change your outlook and change your format somewhat, and that's what happened to me. Is I got away from my tried and true, what's proven to be a true concept of, of trying to win some leagues, which was the stack. I wanted to, I enjoyed stacking up players. I've had success with Tampa and, well that Kansas City stack. Uh, that that was a sweet situation on Thursday night. But I'm looking over your roster and I noticed that uh, not only Cooper Cup, you were able to get. Uh, a cup and Stafford matchup, which I would have really, really liked. I, I put Higby into that, expecting a little more when I did that. But one of the guys that that uh, has truly come into his own. I'm surprised a little bit with how much he's dropping the ball, but I expect sure-handedness <laughs> to be part of his game moving forward. And and that's Van Jefferson and um, how. How wonderful it is that you were able to get him late in double-digit rounds. Can you tell us a little bit about that uh, philosophy of, of the stacking and were you high on these Rams and other Rams? Would you have put more Rams on your team given the chance? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you
2: know, in the draft process, there's a lot of uncontrolled your draft position, and then also the uh, the other eleven contestants all all gunning for the uh, the top prize. So, uh, so, so generally speaking, you you, you got to be flexible, and I generally li- I do like to have that correlation that you're advising, especially in the uh, FFPC uh, with these last three weeks here. You know, hoping to get a team that's hot and or a game that gets a little wonky. But, uh, but I, I can't really take credit for the Ramsack. I did end up pretty heavy in them, but it's because I primarily was drafting eight to twelve in, in most of my leagues. So I kind of uh, lucked into that. Uh, I can take credit for Van Jefferson. I did I did have a very strong conviction on him going into the season, kind of as a uh, – even though wide receivers aren't generally as a handcuff, I just uh, felt that there was a lot of potential variance with Stafford going over there, and I saw Acres went down early in the year, mm-hmm. so I knew that they would have a lot more 11 personnel. So there would be a good floor with three wide receivers set, and it is the, uh, the not-for-long league, so if anything happens to you either – Uh, Cup or Woods, I I knew I had a potential uh, high-ceiling play, and he was all but free in all these drafts. Yes,
1: sir. Um
0: let's let's talk about and i haven't checked i know i checked your lineup earlier james um you had van jefferson over dj Moore. i don't know if the hamstring played a role into that but your thought process behind that decision have you made a final decision on whether you're going to go with jefferson or more because i think most people knowing that Moore is probably going to be playing and and that the jefferson will you know you, you don't have to make that decision until tuesday um a, a lot of players would would probably go with Moore over jefferson how have you come to that decision or is it still in the process of being made?
2: Yeah, I mean, like always in all of us, uh, it, there's a lot of things that need to be confirmed before, who, before we decide who we're going to roll out. But as far as uh, Jefferson Amore, D.J. Moore, if you, if you take a look at it, just using uh, uh, Vegas prop bets as a guide, uh, D.J. Moore actually, believe it or not, has a, a touchdown uh, to score a touchdown at plus 240, and his expected uh, yards over-under is set at only 49.5. And before they took the Rams game off the board, moving it to Tuesday, uh, Van Jefferson, believe it or not, was actually a plus 150, and he mm. was expected yards was 56.5. That was before uh, OBJ uh, tweeted out that he uh, he tested negative. But uh, but it, and and with the bigger names, when I look at those prop bets, uh, usually the bigger names have a little bit more inflation in the line uh, versus uh, the lesser names like Jefferson. So yeah, that's usually a good indicator that uh, one player or another, to me at least, is a strong play. So so for my team, to me, the locks of the correlation I have between my uh, two wide receivers and the two flex spots, which I love in the uh, FFPC where you can play any position, would actually be Cup, Diggs, and Jefferson. And I'm, I'm uh, my debate is going to be playing either DJ Moore, Debo Samuel, or one of my RB2s in that slot, which would be Miles Sanders, or uh, or um, Miami Dolphins starting
1: running back. You know, James, I uh, when's the first year you played in the FFPC? How long have you been playing? This is my first year. No way. Yeah. You sound like yeah. such a proven vet. You know, I love the dual flex, too. I also love the bonus of the the 1.5 to the tight end. I had nothing in my very first year in the league. I had no indications of what that could mean. I had uh, I had no numbers. I had no quants telling me that that was good, bad, or indifferent. But what I did have was the love of the position, the love of some of the players drafting it. So I went out there and I went hard, tight end, you know, just – People are giving me the side eye because I'm taking all the tight ends. And I'm taking them when I really Hmm. shouldn't be taking them. And that team did okay. But just okay. It didn't particularly. So the next year, I go out there and I say, "The hell with these tight ends. I'm not going to. I'm waiting on tight ends. I'm going to wait and wait. And I waited to the 14th round to take my first one that year. And I got then Raider Zach Miller who's the most wonderful The, uh, the uh, bulky I was drafting with our good friend, Justin McCord, and he kept, you know, for three rounds he kept wanting to pull that trigger on a tight end. And uh, I'll never forget that Miller caught a ball early in the game in Philadelphia once and went 80 yards per touchdown. And that was validation for waiting. He did it once on his way to catching about 40 balls that year. So, you know, I finally got by that in all my years of playing in the FFPC. Um, what – What's your tight end philosophy? And it looks on this team you waited, what'd you get, and how would you utilize the play of that position on this team that's doing so well against all the other great players that play in the league?
2: Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately on this team I ended up having to punt tight end where I was sitting in the uh, eleven hole. There was just no value to be had. In the first round I missed out on uh, Kelsey and Waller. And although I loved uh, Kittle, I just couldn't uh, pull the trigger ahead of uh, Diggs in the second round. And by the time the, the right. third roll around, Pitts was gone. And I felt like at the time it was a little bit too much of a reach that early in the fourth round for Mr. Mark Andrews. And in that league, uh, five tight ends went into six. And at that point I just said, you know, I'm, I'm moving on. I'm going to build a you know, deep team elsewhere and uh, hope I get lucky on the, uh, on the waiver wire and coming into the playoffs, I have uh, Mr. Moreau and getting that news about uh, Waller. I couldn't, I couldn't be any happier. But I, I do actually have another team that qualified for the championship round in the main, and you'll, you'll love this roster. I actually have uh, Kelsey, Kittle, and Mark Andrews occupying my ah. ten in two flex mm-hmm. So it going not get started yeah, any prettier last night.
1: Yeah. I would love that roster. Of course, no one loves a braggart, but I would love that roster. But I'm, you know, I'm just uh, no, that's that's cool, James. Congratulations on putting together such a team like that.
0: Yeah, it'll be um, fun. just can't we, wait to see what happens. James, I wanted to get back to something you said earlier when we were talking about Jefferson versus Moore. And you mentioned looking at the Vegas player props as far as who's at, you know, plus money um, and how much plus money they are to score a touchdown. When you're making a lineup decision, do you often look at that as a tiebreaker? Not only that, but, you know, projected catches and, and projected, or, you know, the over-under and the catches, the over-under and the yardage. Is that something that you frequently do when you're setting your lineups?
2: Uh, absolutely. So I, I'm looking for anything that looks fishy. <laughs>
0: and I, and and it I think on that Saturday that's important, too. too. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so let's, let's, let's get back. We just talked about the tight ends here. Now, in this league, unlike the, the other championship round team you're talking about, you waited on tight ends. You have a tough decision to make it at the position this weekend. Um, I, I want to just kind of get into your philosophy on, on drafting that position in this league versus drafting that position in, in, in the other championship round team because it sounds like you're very fluid in how you handle tight ends in the FFPC. Uh, Oh, absolutely. I mean, in my opinion, uh, at least for
2: the folks, because you really, there is so much uncontrolled. We we all know that. And then that's why it's nice to be able to uh, have multiple uh, entries. So, you know, just like with all things in life, I mean, unfortunately, and especially with the COVID, you just have to be able to pivot. Otherwise, uh, it's definitely going to more than likely be an uphill battle because you're just going to lack the overall roster talent going into the the season. Because a lot of, you know,
1: a lot of picks are just dart throws.
2: And you're just trying to give yourself the best chance.
1: You know, you're never making a, a, a dart throw when you look at uh, Chargers running back Austin Eckler. I mean, for me, that's about as good as you can get. Uh, in the situations this year, the drafts, that I heard some of the players, and, and we'll, we'll talk to players on the show and get kind of – bleeds over just in everyday conversation is, you know, who do you think is going to be a bust? Who do you think is going to fall back from their, uh, off their AVP and not give you value? And more often than I expected, I, that answer was Austin Eckler. And I really didn't want to, I didn't necessarily know how to respond to that person, you know, and then, Uh, there was some validation for people that claimed that Austin Eckler went out for the first game of the year and didn't catch a ball. And everybody says, oh, that's a new offense, you know, a new offensive Mm -hmm. coordinator. He's he's not going to use Austin Eckler like he used to be. And I thought, it was nonsense. And then, you know, we watched Austin Eckler last night in the three-man running back committee, and we saw his situation where he contributed impressively from a fantasy standpoint. I think Austin is always gonna deliver for you in fantasy football. Do you feel the same way and did you go awfully heavy on him?
2: Uh yeah, I, I fortunately did. I, I uh I agree with your assessment, I had a strong vision. I ended up with sixty uh, percent ownership across my twenty one high stakes league. Wow. So I, I, I lucked into him quite a bit. But uh, I, I am a little bit of uh concerned heading into the championship rounds, only because his uh utilization definitely has gone down and He's he's got the injuries nagging him. He was able to put together a pretty good performance uh, uh, last night, but uh, definitely hoping for better over uh, Week 16 and 17.
0: Talking with James Owen, the 17th-place finisher in the uh, FFPC main event's regular season, Rashad Perriman. Um, the answer to the trivia question of the guy who catches Tom Brady's 700th touchdown, nobody had him in the pool, I can almost guarantee it. Uh, but, but, James, you, you kept him on your roster. I, I should say kept him because it's not like you had him all season. But what's your reasoning be, behind keeping Rashad Perriman on, on your roster for the stretch run of this league?
2: <laughs> funny, funny you say that. I was actually looking on uh, Fantasy Mojo. He puts together the roster ownership for football guys in the main event. Uh, and uh, the only uh, two two people had them in the main event, and I had them on two different teams. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think I, I think I'm flying along on that one. But uh, but I, I mean, to, to me, uh, I I had the uh, roster. It was slim Pickens on a free agent pool that that uh, that last night before rosters locked, and I saw the week 17 matchup with the Jets, and I really don't have much exposure to uh, tv 12 in, in Tampa Bay. So I, I just, if I needed a uh, Hail Mary, uh, he's, he was my plan for week 17. Hmm.
1: I wonder, you know, it kind of takes a fantasy football can be linked with these contests, these Las Vegas high stakes contests, uh, like the one you played at Circa. I wonder what attracted you to that. And congratulations for doing well in it. I've, I've known people that have done well in it and it's uh. You know, it takes an unusual consistency every week to pick those games and and be successful. What's your what's your win rate right now? And uh, what's do you have a general formula that you follow every week as how to how to arrive at your selections, or do you just is it is it more of a gut feeling?
2: Uh yeah so it, it, in regards to the circuit of millions attracted me to it it's uh it, it's they actually put it out uh rake free so it's nice so all the money yes. from the player pool goes back mm-hmm. to the uh players so uh, th- th- i th- i thought that was a uh, you know a real nice thing that they did and they kind of uh took over the market share from the uh Las Vegas uh Super contest but more than that well, for I... me cuz I, I do really enjoy the FFPC and fantasy football it just keeps me uh plugged in to the NFL, and it doesn't really interfere with the FFPC because they, they, they post their uh, lines against the spread on Thursday uh, mornings, and then they're locked uh, for the week. So it's after the, the Wednesday waiver wire, and then all the selections have to be made uh, Saturday prior to 3 p.m. So it doesn't mm-hmm. interfere with the Saturday night wa- waiver run. So it, it, it just definitely keeps you plugged in. And it actually, you know, right now against the spread, I wish I would have bet on every game. I'm sitting at a 63% win rate with uh, 44 wins and and 26 uh, losses. And uh, no, I, I don't really have a, a tried and true formula. I, I a lot of times, you know, I'm just taking in a lot a lot of the data points, much like uh, fantasy with the weather uh, lines. I don't really pay attention to sharp and square because uh, those narratives can definitely get you uh in trouble and then just kind of uh just you just just kind of uh go from there and lock in on five each week
1: did you have a side in the contest last night uh,
2: uh i did
1: was it the right one uh,
2: uh, i I I, <laughs> I I took the uh the lovely coach that uh that kept going for it on fourth down and ended up losing uh
1: as, as a three-point dog <laughs> Kansas City has struggled with covering the spread, but uh, yeah, when you when you turn down those three points times four, it's, it's going to be tough to cover. Well, you're probably not the only one. Hint, hint.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, so 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 let's talk about this, James. Um, Damian Harris, we we already know is out for this week because of the the hamstring injury, so he will not be playing. <laughs> Uh, Saturday against the Colts. Kind of surprising given that he got limited practices in all week. I don't know if he got a, a setback or, or what have you, but it'll be the Ramondre Stevenson uh, bandwagon leading the charge in the Patriots' backfield. I'm just kind of curious, when you look at Harris's schedule uh, the rest of the way, I, I know in the championship round he's got the Bills next week. Um, your thoughts on Damian Harrison and how good he can be for fantasy owners in the championship round beginning next week now? Yeah, I, I think he could uh, definitely
2: make a difference. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll go back to Fantasy, Fantasy Mojo. I think uh, his roster ship in the main event was uh, 8% on the teams that uh, qualified. And, yeah, the, the, he has very strong matchups, weeks 16 and 17, the Bills and the Jags. So, uh, I, so if, I mean, if you have him, uh, I think he'd be – I have him in a few of my main teams. I think he uh, is, is going to be a strong play, provided, of course, he's healthy.
0: Um, let's, uh, I I apologize. I want to get, I, I just had this up and now I think I, I lost it. I think I got two emails here from you. I do. I do have two emails here for you from listeners uh, here, James. And we're going to go to Kansas, Attica, Kansas. Uh, specifically Jerry has a question. He writes, hi James. Now that, uh, we actually touched on this earlier. Now that Odell Beckham got a negative test, is he worth the wait for Tuesday night football? Congrats on the main event. That is Jerry in Attica, Kansas. Now what, what I always Um, tell our emailers to do is like give us your options right Um, maybe Odell Beckham's Mm -hmm. worth the wait maybe it's he's not based on who else you have on your roster but your thoughts um, uh, James just kind of uh, from a generic standpoint uh, Odell Beckham if you have him on your roster um, would you and and let's say you didn't have anybody going uh, in any of those other Tuesday games would would you be is he worth the risk to to flex out um, on Tuesday night football given that he already has this negative COVID test in his belt
2: uh yeah, yeah absolutely in my opinion he'd be a must play i mean if you look at the latest trends i mean uh with the uh with with the game plan that mcveigh is calling they're definitely looking to get him the ball over the last couple of weeks and he's gotten multiple uh you know one on one uh goal line play calls in which he caught both those balls uh to save his day and you know he he's he's always a you know he can always erupt for a multi touchdown game so if you if you have him
0: I would definitely uh, uh, pull the trigger on that. One other email we have. Um, Jeremy in Chicago. Hello, Mr. Owen. What do you think of Hunter Henry's schedule for the final three weeks? Is he a must-play in the FFPC? Now, we just had this question with uh, with Damian Harris. We know that um, uh, he will not be playing against the Colts uh, tomorrow, but Hunter Henry will be. Then he gets the Bills the day after Christmas, and then – for it all, uh, in week 17, January 2nd, Hunter Henry gets the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Urban Meyerless list, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> at home. I, I, you know, James, I'll just tell you this right now, and, and I don't know if, if you're on the same side as me, but in a tight end premium competition like the FFPC, like the Football Guys Players Championship, with, with Hunter Henry the way he's been, I mean, that's, he's a tough sit um, it, it, when you're trying to win a half million bucks. How do you see Hunter Henry the rest of the way?
2: Yeah, I I don't know if I share quite the same sentiment. Just because he just doesn't get the volume
0: uh,
2: that that would really make a difference in a tight end premium with the 1.5 per catches uh, to to really make a difference. He's primarily uh, touchdown dependent. He's great in red zone. Don't get me wrong, but uh, but the 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 premium is for the catches, and I just uh, haven't seen him trend the right way the whole the, the entire season to really feel really good about it. It, it would just depend on what my other options were.
1: I like our emailer Uh, with the Hunter Henry question. Oh, you got another one, Balky?
0: Yeah, well, just real quick. Um, James, are you a Patriots fan? I am, yeah. Okay, so this is is interesting because I feel like we can get some insight from you. Um, Ramondre Stevenson, fire him up, right, now that we know Harris is out and Stevenson's going to get all the carries?
2: Oh, I mean, you have to. It's a must play. But I have a feeling more than likely – I will probably be disappointed just because I I don't particularly care for the matchup against the strength of the Colts uh, D line. Their weakness, more or less, is their secondary, and uh, and I, I just think uh, with uh, Jonathan Taylor on the other side and Bill Belichick's propensity to to run, as shown on that Monday Night Football game, that the uh, mm-hmm. the, the clock may be
1: running quite a bit in this game. Yeah. The, James, I I like the way. See, you're one of the few guests that the emails like you notice he referred to you as Mr. Owen. I like that. And uh, hey, tell <laughs> me who's going to win? Who's going to win that game, James? Who's going to win? Is it? It's a. I've got a guy down here named Robbie Fetcher that bleeds Colts blue. I mean, who who's going to win that game? Yeah, I
2: mean, it, the, the, from my perspective, the way I look at it, the the sports books are going to have a lot of liabilities on the, on the, uh, the, the, the Colts, uh, mm-hmm. being that the, the, the money flows could definitely be on the Patriots' side. And then the public team, more or less, is definitely the Chiefs with how hot they've been on Thursday night. So uh, the, 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 I could say that the books will definitely need the Colts to win and cover. Uh, whether or not they do is, is uh, anybody's guess. But, uh, but I, I, I do feel it's very likely that the, uh, the Colts will have a strong showing
1: tomorrow night. Bunky, did you see how James skated around that question? Uh, that was just—I loved that. I loved, here's one that you cannot skate around, sir. I get to ask this of everyone that comes on the show. And however, you know, based on the way you go about your business in fantasy football, I think your answers to these questions might be the most relevant we've ever had on the show. So I'm going to get going with it. There is studs in fantasy football—the guys that you can count on every week, the guy that you paid draft capital to get? Who is the stud that you will regret starting this week? And you've already proven that you're the sleeper whisperer. So who is that one sleeper that uh, can calm your nerves and you can put in your lineup who will deliver despite the fact that you're already a nervous wreck due to the COVID changes and the schedules Mondays and Tuesdays? (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah this is so much potential for variance uh this week but if i if i had to uh say one stud that i would caution uh folks on would actually be one of my favorites because he's he I, I have him heavily owned being drafted in the seventh and eighth rounds and that's that's uh devo samuel i just uh mm-hmm. don't like the last few weeks the way it's uh been trending for him and with the matchup in atlanta it's a nine and a half point spread at most books and i just uh if they get out to a big lead, I, I just don't think that he's going to get the proper utilization because uh, they're definitely going to save them for future weeks. Don't want to risk reaggravating aggravating that uh, injury. And, and if you take a look at the indicators uh, with the prop bets on Debo, they actually have him as uh, receiving yards at only 45.5. Uh, this week against Atlanta, which is less than both uh, Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. So uh, mm-hmm. is it, there's, there's some strong indicators he may be at risk, and he's been so touchdown dependent uh, the last few weeks, uh, having some nice big uh, runs to, to save his fantasy day. Other than that, uh, people would have been severely disappointed with him in the playoffs. Beautiful, and, uh, beautiful. And my sleeper so I, I really like the r b twos this week, uh, but if i if I had to a, a, a put it on one guy, it, it would probably be a guy that uh was heavily owned and, and drafted, but it's one of the bigger busts of the year, and that would be LaVisca chanal mm. with the jags being a favorite at home in good weather and two young quarterbacks, I think that you know the game may maybe uh, a little bit on the higher-scoring side, a little bit of sloppy football. And and I I, I think that he'll be uh, utilized quite well with the situation in changing in Jacksonville. Oh, that's beautiful.
1: Thank you for that. Monkey, you there? Not well, but perhaps everyone else can. No. There you are. There's James.
0: Um, all right, so Tony Pollard, uh, James, he's uh, questionable against the Giants. Um, what do you think his workload's going to be, and would he make for a decent flex in the championship round right now, knowing he'll be, still be playing behind Ezekiel Elliott?
1: Balky, I, we're having I difficulty hearing you. Did James, did you get any of
2: that? Um, I, I got a little bit of it, of it. I believe it's regarding Tony Pollard. Yeah, Tony uh, Pollard I, me personally, I I, I I wouldn't play him. I would definitely play uh, any other decent options that you have on your roster, at least this week.
1: Balky, test that out there. We got your Pollard question in. Give us a little test there.
0: Yeah, James. Uh, thank you for the answer on the, the Tony Pollard question. Did, did, did you guys get me now?
1: Yeah, you're better, better now. You still, you're still down the well, sir. We need you to push some more buttons and get with us. But you're, you're right. still I, there. I, I, hey, that's much better. Thank you.
0: All right, good. Uh, listen, guys. Uh, James, thank you so much for putting up with my audio difficulties tonight. And good luck not only in the FFPC main event, not only in the football guys players championship, but in the circa millions as well. We hope you're bringing home yes, some sir. mad cash in 2021. This is an awesome time that, that we had to, to, to chat with you. I hope the ball bounces your way in, in week 15. Uh, stay safe and uh, stay lucky, man. This is uh, this was great. Let's do it again sometime. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, James. James, James Owen, ladies and gentlemen, the week I uh, beg your pardon, the 17th place team in the FFPC main event heading into the championship round. Uh, boy, Farrell, for a guy who's competing in the FFPC in, in, for his first year, dude is crushing high-stakes fantasy football right now. My goodness.
1: Yes, and he's he's a very logical, very systematic player, and he understands – Not only the game that is played on the field, but he understands the motivations behind the numbers that come out of Las Vegas. He's he's probably, you know, it's it's difficult to be good at everything in in fantasy football, but I think we've just talked to a guy that is, and and it's very impressive. I I love uh, his logical answers about about every situation. Uh, Matter of fact, we probably shouldn't have let him go. We probably just should have kept him on. But you know, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a surprise um, to to me that uh, we'll be talking about him leading uh, the league as as we go down the uh, as we go down the next few weeks towards a, uh, a championship. Hey, can I give a quick shout out, Bucky? I, I I talked to him this week. He told me to say hello to you and uh, he's a longtime Kentucky player. We have a a Louisville native that has moved into first place in the KFFSC, the Steel City baller, Ronnie Shirley. Um, Last week, uh, we started our championship last week, and a 200 and almost 30-point performance uh, propelled him to the top. So good luck to all our players, but uh, Ronnie's sitting in the the number one seat right now, so uh, congratulations for him
0: yeah good good uh, that, that's awesome for for him to be up there. I know he's been playing a long time, uh, like you said, yes, in, in Kentucky. boy, there's there's a who's who," um, you know, up at the in that leader, Vince Staffolino is up there, of course. Um, uh, Petrie and Larson, who had a very successful FFPC season, they're up there again, uh, as well with a couple of teams. Uh, Jay Reed, who's been on this program before, he and Scott Conner right. have a team in contention. Of course, uh, the aforementioned Robbie Fetcher is up there as well. It's, it's, uh, it's going to be a fun little ride. Uh, Alex Palazzo, too, I, um, I noticed, has a team in the top 30 uh, out there. Of course, he's been on this program before, won a couple of FFPC main event leagues, was in pros versus shows this year as well. Uh, so awesome stuff from Kentucky championship round. will uh, continue there over the next three weeks. FFPC kicked theirs off this, uh, this, uh, the previous evening with the Chiefs and the Chargers. All right. So if you're looking for advice in either the FFPC or the Kentucky championship round, we're going to help you out right now. we're going to go to the emails yep. uh, that, that were sent in and we're going to help you uh, with some start sit questions. First guy we're going to help is Peter in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Is Julio Jones going to come through this week. My only other option is KJ Osborne. Thanks so much. That is Peter <laughs> in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Thank you so much. We talked about this a little bit earlier in regards to feeling. And I think, um, you know, we're, game time decision okay we we get it uh for for Thielen but it doesn't sound like he's gonna go we saw what KJ Osborne did when Thielen was out last week and it was pretty good we saw what Julio Jones did with no AJ Brown last week and it wasn't very good um so the question is do you roll with Jones at Pittsburgh this week Farrell or Osborne who is on the road on Monday Night Football at Soldier Field
1: mm, fight has smiled on Peter and so has his waiver wire acquisitions you know sometimes when we, draft a player like julio jones you think back to i think it was week two where he caught six balls over 100 yards uh for tennessee but it's been few and far between 25 catches for the year and and yeah they didn't need much from this player last week in a solid game based on the fact that they had a uh, shutout 20 to zero victory and it's going to be much much different against the steelers so there's your case for julio jones a legacy-wide receiver, a Pro Bowl heritage that you drafted and you had high expectations for. But you went on the waiver and got, uh, waiver wire and got K.J. Osborne, and, and Balky, you said it. He plays, got two touchdowns, uh, one each in the last two games, uh, included a 60-plus yarder from Cousins. And uh, additionally, D.D. Uh, D. Westbrook is a, is a COVID casualty. And, you know, the bottom line is that this is a passing football team that's going to have to keep up in this game, putting the ball in the air. Uh, K.J. Osborne, he, he's on the field for 90, 90-plus 90 percent of the plays last week. This is, a, this is an easy answer. Osborne is your guy.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. Football is a young man's game. Um, we saw what the Packers' um, offense was able to do against Chicago, where they just basically scored four touchdowns in like the blink of an eye. And I know Jalen Johnson had flashes of looking pretty good against Devontae Adams. Um, He'll probably be on Justin Jefferson. Outside of that, fair secondary isn't all that bueno. Um, So I think Osborne should have a good game, and I'm going to go with him uh, over Julio Jones here this week. Uh, So good luck with that, Peter. We both agree. Moving on to Willie in Apple Grove, West Virginia. Which tight end do I go with this week, Evan Engram or James O'Shaughnessy? Now, thank you for the email, Willie. We look at um, uh, these players this week as as far as, um, you know, what what they're going or who they're going against. You, you get Evan Adams mm-hmm. at home against the uh, Dallas Cowboys. O'Shaughnessy is also at home against the lowly Houston Texans. Now, we had – I'm trying to think who I talked to. I can't remember if it was this show or the lowdown, but they rostered James O'Shaughnessy, and they had uh, some faith that, like, look, maybe this guy could make a difference here. Um, down the stretch. And, and at the start of the season, obviously, Evan Engram was like a top, borderline top 12 tight end, right? Maybe even higher in a lot of drafts. And mm. this is a comparison, sort of like what we just had with Jones and Osborne, right? The guy you invested in or the guy you picked up off the waiver wire. I don't have a real strong feeling on this, Farrell, but I know the Texans are, aren't much to write home about, even on defense. So I think I'd lean O'Shaughnessy here over Engram, who's going to be catching passes from, um, from Mike Lennon
1: oh, we just beat those Texans flat on this show, Bucky. Just hammer them like a nail, you know. I don't know. Maybe maybe the Texans' stay, uh, defense shows up. O'Shea is not my uh, – I just don't see him moving on beyond those kind of numbers. I, I, 16 catches on the year, I just don't think it's there. I don't think he has that kind of game. Evan Ingram is probably my least favorite talented tight end in the league because he doesn't seem to get much out of his talent. However, last time uh, against Dallas four catches for 55 yards, that's where I'm going. So I'm going to stay with the old vet and I'm going to wait for the uh, Jacksonville tight end to show me. He's got something.
0: Um, Maurice out in San Diego writes high, Farrell and bulky. Not banking on Lamar Jackson this week, would you start Justin Fields on Monday night against the Vikes or Tua Tungabailoa against the Jets? Merry Christmas. That is Maurice in San Diego. Merry Christmas to you. Maurice, thank you for listening. Thank you for emailing. Um, oh, okay, so just for, I, I, just to get this out of the way, I don't believe I have Lamar Jackson in several leagues. I'm making sure I have a backup because I have almost zero confidence in him playing Sunday afternoon against Green Bay. Do you share right. that same concern?
1: Yes, I do. And I, I think you know there's so many things that are going on but I, I there may be some lingering covid aspects i think he's got that long long uh, covid hangover so if something just physically doesn't seem right about the way he's approaching the game and the way he has to play it he has to be right i'm just curious about that but yes i am not uh, i'm not high on his availability
0: um, I am high on, if these are my choices, Fields or Tunga Um Dizzle chiming in in the, in the chat room, he said that he would start two-packer against the Jets, and I think that's the way I'm rolling here. <laughs> I would play Tunga um against New York over Justin Fields on Monday Night Football. It's
1: an easy thought, you know, when the Jets added uh, uh, their... Uh... Uh, new head coach, and he brought his defensive mentality from San Francisco. I thought that this was going to be uh, the the type of defense that would play hard. They might not be that talented, but they would really get in your face and they would really be physical. That's not been there. And uh, there's some talent on that roster, uh, particularly at the tight end position. There's depth there. There's red zone talent you know, one of my one of my players that I'd like to see, uh, one of my favorite players I'd like to see play more is Mac Hollins. this great red zone wide receiver for these guys, and you know, so yes, uh, there's a lot more for Tua to take advantage of uh, than there is Justin Fields here, and he plus, plus Fields gets back his running back. And if he's back there, uh, Montgomery gets usage. So, yes, Tua is the easy choice.
0: here. Final email we have here. It's from John in Wilbur, Nebraska. That is, uh, hey, fellas, what's up? (laughs) Is Aaron Jones' lack of practice this week enough for you to tell me that A.J. Dillon is a better start than Rashad Penny? That is John in Wilbur, Nebraska. John, thank you for the email. Um, So, Aaron Jones, we found out today, is back at practice. He had a non-COVID stomach illness, apparently. Uh, but he has been mm. practiced in a limited fashion today. He will be there on Sunday afternoon. Farrell, A.J. Dillon, the, the usage for Dillon was way higher than, than Aaron Jones last week, and I don't know if they're still taking it easy on that knee or what have you, or if it's just cold weather rolling in now to Green Bay that they're going to ride Dillon a little bit more than Jones. I'm not sure. But all I know is I have a lot more confidence in A.J. Dillon's not only usage but um, efficiency than I do with Rashad Penny. Uh, this week, so if I had the choice, yeah, I'm going to play Dylan over Rashad Penny.
1: I agree with you, Balky. I, uh Rashad Penny is like a uh, hot streaks at the uh, at the craps table at the Planet Hollywood. And when when Mister Owen comes out and uh, does draft live, he can he can tell us about the better uh, uh, mathematical advantage bets to take in craps. But until then, if we get on a hot streak like Penny was last week. We got to know when to when to close it down, and I you know I don't think you're going to get another game like that from him, even with the Rams depleted uh, COVID roster. So uh, yeah, let, let's take a look at AJ Dillon, who's the closest thing I've seen to running um, you know, like Leonard Fournette so far this year, and I, I've been impressed with what Dillon's been bringing to the table,
0: uh, and,
1: and I think that continues this weekend. Dillon over Penny for me.
0: Uh, Dylan over Penny for me as well. Farrell, thank you so much for uh, for your insight and uh, doing the show with me this week. I, I certainly appreciate it. Um, and we'll, we'll let the listeners behind the curtain right now. We are not doing a show next Friday because next Friday would be Christmas Eve, and we don't want to interrupt mm-hmm. the viewership of mm-hmm. the Thursday night football game. So we're going to do a show on Wednesday, if that works out for you, uh, this coming week, my friend. Oh, bulky any day. Next, next Friday is Christmas Eve. Next Friday is Christmas Eve. We're already there, man. Can you believe it? We're well, already there. I wish there.
1: somebody, I wish somebody had warned me. Uh, well, anyway, yeah, I'll be ready for whenever Balky calls. Let's just put it that All way. All right. Hey, here's the Wednesday is the only night that we don't have any NFL football next week.
0: So. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, Farrell, be good, man. We'll talk. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you on Wednesday, man. You bet, buddy. Barrel Elliott, the commissioner of the fantasy, or a uh, big of the Kentucky Fantasy Football Players uh, Fantasy Football State Championship, KFFSC.com is where to check out that contest um, and uh, compete against uh, some of the guys in the chat room tonight and me next year. Hopefully, we'll see you in twenty twenty two. I do want to thank uh, tonight's guest, um, James Owen. Really good stuff from him. I want to thank Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and of course each and every one of you. Remember to listen to the RotoViz uh, High Stakes Lowdown. With uh, with Steve Lowinger, that's rotoviz.com/podcast. You can check that out. That's up there now. Want to wish happy birthday to a longtime high stakes fantasy football player and a longtime FFPC player, Mr. Scott Hoyt, celebrating a birthday today. So happy birthday uh, to you, Scott, a former guest on this show too, by the way. Um, we will be back on, like I said, next Wednesday. We will not do a Friday show. We'll be back next Wednesday. And we're going to be talking with the 14th place team in the 2021 Football Guys Players Championship, Mr. John Schrader. He is going to join us Wednesday at 10, 9 central. So make sure you're hopping aboard for that show. Uh, It's going to be a fun little Christmas week uh, show that we do uh, on Wednesday. Remember to get your lineups in uh, early tomorrow. 820 is the kickoff now that the uh, Browns and Raiders have moved from the Saturday uh, game, but it's still Colts and Patriots at 820 your weekend officially starts This has out. been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and heard around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Before I let you uh, go enjoy your weekend, everybody, I do want to say this. Um, I've, I've been doing a lot of radio this week, and um, I haven't found a good way to weave this in. Um, but it's been a really rough week for me. Uh, my daughter was, was coming off of COVID. Uh, my son was, was at home as well because they didn't want him going to school. So I was at home all week um, still trying to keep up on everything, uh, but, but still you know, making sure they're getting their homework done and, and what have you. Um, and then uh, my grandmother was in ill health. Um, for the last, really the last year, but the last two weeks, it was really rough. And I was talking to my mother on Monday night um, uh, about, you know, seeing her one last time. And I told her on Monday that uh, I would go see her uh, Tuesday, this past Tuesday. And I got a phone call right after I got off the air early Tuesday morning um, that she had uh, passed away. Um, so I didn't get a chance to see her. And it was also, unfortunately, one day before her uh 96th birthday so she would have turned 96 on Wednesday but she passed away the day before and I was looking for a way to like you know give her a fitting tribute and and nothing really came up until tonight um I I just was exhausted from the funeral the wake and everything with family today um I was on the couch watching uh some basketball before the show started and my wife uh came over to me and she said you know you got a little hole in your pants and I I looked down um, and, and sure, I, I, you know, it's hidden, you can you really, it's not, not big, but it is there. And one of the things my grandma always used to do was she sewed a ton. She sewed a lot of clothes for, um, my, my mother and my aunt and my uncle. She sewed costumes for us for Halloween. She was great with, with clothing and sewing and everything. And anytime, you know, I had a, a hole in my pants or a hole in my shirt or a hole in a sweatshirt or sweater or anything. She was the one that always sewed it up. And I thought it was very fitting that the pants I wore to her funeral today had a little hole in them, uh, a hole that she normally would have sewed up uh, had she been able to, um, because God knows I'm clueless with a, a, a needle and thread. And, and obviously there's a little bit of a hole in, in my life and my family's life, and I felt like that was the, the tribute I'd send her off with. So RIP to my grandma. Uh, we miss you already. And I hope the ball bounces your way uh, for all the high-stakes players still listening this week. Good luck in week 15. It's going to be a fun one.